Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. We got some fun-filled sports talk conversation for the next few hours to keep you entertained here on this Tuesday night. As always, you can catch me on Twitter at Dan Grasa, G-R-A-C-A. And before we get going, just again, one more thank you to all the folks out at Resorts World New York City there in Queens by the Aqueduct uh, Racetrack. They were very, very gracious hosts last night. They took care of us extremely well. Uh, Alyssa and her team out there, they really did a nice job uh, making us feel comfortable, giving us everything we needed. And uh, it was a great environment to watch uh, the Giant game last night. Uh, as they came up short to the Cowboys, but still a real cool place, and you don't need me to tell you. I'm sure a lot of you have been there anyway and have checked it out yourselves, but if you are thinking about, you know, where can I go, where can I, you know, have some fun, you know, good atmosphere to watch some games, you know, maybe a little wagering here and there because they have all that gambling stuff there. Uh, It's a casino after all. Uh, Think about heading out to Resorts World. Very, very cool place. We hope to be back there soon one day doing another broadcast for you. But a lot going on here this evening. In the world of sports here, of course, we got both our baseball teams in action. Yanks again with Judge Watch continuing middle game of three up in Toronto. And we still, we wait for 61 as it's been a few days now, six games as a matter of fact, since Judge last went deep. And, you know, now we're down to single digits, right? Left in the season for the Yankees. And, you know, if you want to equate it to Judge, single digits left for him to possibly break this record. And I'm still confident that it's going to happen. Like, I'm not sitting here thinking that, oh, he's not going to hit a home run for the final two weeks of the season. I mean, that would be something. But what I am curious about is, let's just say this drags on even towards the end of the regular season. Like, if, if this gets to next week, imagine if the Yankees arrive in Texas for those last four games against the Rangers and Judge is still sitting at 60. Then you're talking about somebody who might be pressing. Then you're talking about somebody who might literally – be emptying the tank to set this record after playing 162 games or close to it. You know, it's a long season. It's exhausting. And then if he expends all of this energy trying to get this record, what is he going to have left in the tank for the most important games the Yankees are going to play? And that's in October because we've talked about this many, many times over. That if Aaron Judge even sets this milestone, you know, and, and, and he'll probably win an MVP and who knows about the Triple Crown and all those other things. But if he goes out there... And if he can't, um, if he can't perform in October, and the Yankees are a quick exit in the playoffs, I mean, what is this season going to be remembered by? Because you know the Yankee fans are still going to hold the tomb that well, you know what? It was great for him to set the record. That's fantastic. But when the playoffs came around and the games mattered the most, he had nothing left in the tank. I could see that being a narrative, really and truly. So for his sake, for the Yankees' sake, fans' sake, I hope he gets this thing done. And then if you're Aaron Boone, you know what? Rest him. Get him off his feet a little bit. Give him a day. Give him maybe two days so he can just clear his mind and not have to worry about a record because he's being asked about it every single day. He's got the Maris family sitting there in the front row and watching him. That's got to be a little bit taxing, don't you think? 
those extra eyes on you with all the extra pressure? I mean, I know everybody says he co- – I've never talked to Judge. I don't know. But, I mean, everybody says that he handles the pressure well and all these things, and I don't doubt for a second that he does. He seems like he's a cool customer. But at the same token, you know, this is he's a human being. Got to be wearing on him a little bit. So we'll keep you up to date, everything that he's doing up there at the plate in Toronto. Mets, on the other hand, they're back at it after a Monday off. Two games against the Marlins. Goal for the Mets is simple. Don't fall into a trap. Don't fall into a trap. Because this weekend, you got three big games in Atlanta or somewhere where the game is going to be played. I don't know where it's going to be played, you know, because of the hurricane, which is beating down uh, on the south there, and then it's going to work its way up the east coast. So you hope that everybody is safe and sound first and foremost. But they're already making contingency plans to make sure that, you know, if these games have to be moved, where are they going to be moved and how are they going to be played? Because public safety is first and foremost, but in the baseball sense, I mean, these are big games. These are going to decide the National League East in all probability. But don't think about those games if you're the Mets. Worry about the Marlins, win these two games, and then at least you're guaranteed of going down to Atlanta in first place where, as we've talked about, win a game against the Braves. Just win one. You win one, you got the tiebreaker. So even if you finish knotted up at the end of the season, you're the division champs. Just don't get swept down. Hey, look, you want to win the series. But worst case scenario, just win at least one game so you can focus on then seeing if he could sew this thing away when the Nationals come to town to close out the season at City Field there next week. So we'll get into all the baseballs. We move forward through the program. But we got to begin with what happened last night at MetLife Stadium with the Giants and the Dallas Cowboys. And I put this out there when the game was over last night. I tweeted it out that if you take a step back right now and you evaluate the Giants' year through the first three games, right, you're going to look at a, a, a big-picture approach for this football team. You played three games. All of them were decided by one score. So it's not like they've been blowouts. And you've won two out of those three games. And next week, you've got a very winnable matchup with Chicago coming into MetLife Stadium. A Chicago team which, yes, they run the football very well. And that bears in mind, and it bears watching, you know, Leonard Williams and his availability because he was sorely missed last night because the Cowboys, you thought they had Tony Dorsett and Emmett Smith in the backfield all night long the way they were just galloping up and down the field. So you want to be able to get him back to ensure that run defense a little bit. But a winnable game nonetheless against the Bears. Then we're talking about maybe a 3-1 and start to the season. But if you're a fan, and I said to you before the year started, hey, you know what? Giants are going to go 2-1 and out of the gate, and maybe even they're going to go 3-1. and Would you sign up for that? Would you? Look, I don't think that we could get crazy right now and suggest for a second, and I'm not trying to insinuate that this Giants team is a playoff team. That is not what we're trying to say. Because if you look long-term, at least for 2022, after you watch that game last night, it's tough to feel optimistic. It's tough to sit here and actually think that this team is going to be a factor when push comes to shove because their flaws are getting exposed more and more. Even in victories, you see some of their flaws, right? And it's hard to be someone that looks at this thing narrow-minded and say, oh, yeah, you got to win some games this year. you got to win playoffs. That's the way Dayball is going to validate that what he's doing is working. Not necessarily, right? That's not what this is all about. It's about installing a brand, installing a culture, that mindset, that attitude. And then what's going to happen in the offseason is you're going to see this roster turnover significantly. You have to. Because right now they're still dealing with some of the scrap that Dave Gettleman's regime left over. 
And that is not conducive to winning, boys and girls. It is not. There's a lot of things that need fixing with this team, and you knew that there would be. And next year is when that roster is going to begin to take shape, at least one in which you hope is going to start to deliver playoff appearances and start to deliver winning on a more consistent basis, as it should. And, you know, whenever you look at football, just in a nuts and bolts sense, football games are won and lost in the trenches, are they not? It's plain and simple. And Daniel Jones, whether you like him, whether you don't like him, whether you want to move on from him, whether you think that he is indeed the long-term answer, Daniel Jones had no shot last night. He was running for his life all night long. The offensive line was completely and totally overwhelmed. I mean, you don't have to be a football genius to get that conclusion from watching it last night. You just don't. They left a lot to be desired. And you know what the scary part was is that the Cowboys didn't even blitz all much that night. They didn't really, like, send the kitchen sink at the Giants. They didn't have to because they were having problems picking up just the four-man rush. And Evan Neal, look, he'd been good so far. Last night was Evan Neal's welcome to the NFL moment, was it not? Last night was Evan Neal's, hey, you know what? I don't think we're in Alabama anymore. Because he got a crash course in what it means to be a starting offensive tackle in the highest level of football. I mean, Demarcus Lawrence last night, and it's not that Demarcus Lawrence is chopped liver. I know he's, he's, he's an all-pro. He's a good player. But Demarcus Lawrence last night was like a combination of, you know, Bob Lilly, Ed Tuttle Jones, Demarcus Ware, and everything. All rolled into one. You know, they focused a little bit more on Micah Parsons, as they should, because Parsons is a guy who has ripped up the league in the first couple of weeks of the season, and he's damn good in his own right. But that gave Demarcus Lawrence a chance to go out there and feast, and boy, did he feast. And to me, the ta- and by the way, Judge lines out the third base in his first at bat. Let me get that out of the way for you. To me, the worst part of that game last night and the worst part of what's happening here, as far as Jones is concerned, is that if he's going to be out there running for his life repeatedly, is that it complicates the evaluation, does it not? He's 0-9 in primetime games. Eventually, look, you're going to be good, and you want to be good to where you're going to get these primetime assignments, that you're going to be somebody that, you know, is featured regularly because that's a reward for playing good football. So if you got a guy who hasn't won any primetime, I mean, we're talking about nine here for crying out loud. Nine. Even a blind squirrel finds an acorn once in a while. I know he doesn't have a great team around him. I get all those things. But the bottom line is, if he doesn't have an offensive line to protect him, how is he going to be successful? How are you going to know exactly what you have at this position? And, you know, there's people then insinuating because they're dialing up some things for him and he's running for his life and sometimes he's churning out yards with his legs. I mean, he ran for almost 80 yards last night. A lot of it was just necessity, as I said, trying to survive and live to see another down. But here's the problem. That is not what you want Daniel Jones to be. You don't, because long-term, I think it's going to cut short his career. You're talking about a guy who already had a season cut short because of a neck injury. Why are you going to put him at harm's risk even further? I don't know about you, but if some guy's got a neck injury, you're already talking about, all right, that's one strike maybe on your career. That the next one, something serious could happen. I mean, Daniel Jones is not like the biggest, the strongest. I mean, think about it. Cam Newton 
who is probably the biggest and strongest guy to ever play the quarterback position in the last 20 years, right, in this league, you're talking about a guy who eventually fell victim to all the hits and all the punishment that he took over the years and was never the same again. And Daniel Jones, like, half the size of Cam Newton. I know he's a tall guy, but he ain't, he ain't as strong as Cam Newton is. So you really want to jeopardize his future? Unless you're convinced that, oh, you know what, Well, he's just not going to be on the team. He's not going to be our quarterback. It's not a cop-out. It should not be a solution for not having a stable offensive line. It shouldn't be. Quarterbacks are meant to play in the pocket. Now, you want to roll them out. You want to get them some help, which they tried to do last night. It didn't work. And look, Dallas is a very good defense. They got a real good pass rush. Is it going to be the same against the Chicago Bears next week? You hope not. You hope not. But for one night against that opponent, you know what? They're going to make a lot of teams and a lot of offensive lines look silly all throughout the course of the season. But to the solution to me is not to turn Daniel Jones into some like multidimensional threat on a consistent basis. Because that's doing more harm than good. 800-919-3776, that's the telephone number. Your conclusions from this game last night. And there's more to say, believe me, because I don't care who you are, and I don't care how far along you are in your career. Because Daniel Jones and the Giants are proving this offensively right now. Normally we say this about young quarterbacks, that you need to have that foundation, that support system to be able to ensure their growth and to ensure them having a successful career. That's for young players, sure. But it also applies to guys who are a little bit more seasoned veterans like a Daniel Jones. We already talked about the offensive line, and there's another component that I have to take issue with too when we return. And I'll tell you what that is. Anthony Becht, our pal, will join us at 9 o'clock, talk a little Jets, Giants, and go around the NFL with now three weeks of data that we can use to evaluate as to maybe what we think this NFL season is going to turn into. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Dan Gross' show here on 98.7 ESPN, talking about the play of his quarterback, 
in Daniel Jones. And 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 look, he's not going to sit there and throw his offensive line under the bus. Right? I mean, he's going to try to spin it a couple of different ways as you heard it there. And he understands, yeah, you got to be better, but he's not going to single anybody out individually. But we can, and we could sit here with our own two eyes and evaluate the fact that they got to play better. Or else Daniel Jones is not going to be the quarterback much longer because he's probably going to get injured if he keeps being subjected to the punishment that he had to deal with and, and, and try to elude last night. Right? So, all right, the offensive line is one component. And... Remember Dave Gettleman, I just keep coming back to Gettleman who, you know, was talking about the hog mollies and all these things that he wanted to do to build a contender and start up front, build from the inside out. I mean, his intentions were pure, but his execution left a lot to be desired, as we know. So the offensive line is one part, but then what are you going to give the quarterback to work with in terms of weaponry, in terms of playmakers? And right now, The Giants, at least from the wide receiver position, have virtually nothing that is going to keep opposing defenses up late at night in preparing to play them. Absolutely nothing. Like, I wonder, you know, if you ask the Chicago Bears and Matt Eberflus, their new coach, who's a defensive coach by trade, the week leading up to that game on Sunday, are they going to sit there around the clock and and lose sleep game planning for Kenny Galladay because of what he did when he was a member of the Detroit Lions? Right, Bears saw him a lot when he was a member of Detroit and he was in the division. They played him twice a year. But what about this version of Kenny Galladay? Because this version right now, he's an enigma. I mean, he gives you nothing. When he does have a chance to go out there and play, and he got some reps last night, but can't catch a ball. He had a bad drop last night, only targeted a few times. I mean, you wouldn't know in a million years. Like, if you just arrived on planet Earth last night and you sat down and watched your first football game, and I explained to you and I said, you know what? The guys who were the better players are the ones that make more money than the others do. And I told you that Kenny Galladay, that wide receiver, and I said, keep an eye on him because he's getting paid $72 million by this Giants team. You would think he's one of the better players, right? But the guy's invisible out on the field. Now, is that Daniel Jones' fault? Is that Brian Dayball's fault? Or is it Kenny Galladay's fault? And if you want to play a game of extension, maybe it's Dave Gettleman's fault for paying him all that money thinking, oh, he was going to be a difference maker. Thank Dave Gettleman. That is the collateral damage. Thanks, Dave, for giving him all that money and making him essentially an albatross for this organization. The they, would, they would love, love to free him up some way, somehow. Just to even if they can eat the cap hit that it's going to cost them to free up the guaranteed money for next year. But I don't even think they could do that. Who's taking it? Who's taking the contract? And it's not, not like you're getting, getting fleeced. fleeced. You're yeah, you're getting fleeced. I mean, what about the production? You get nothing. So, so there's a team that's sitting there thinking about bringing on Kenny Galladay. Like, oh, great. Um, what has he done so far this year? Oh, okay. Does he get open? Oh, okay. Um, is he going to catch the ball when we throw it to him? Oh, okay. The answers to all those questions are no. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. Like, you would love to sit here and really have an honest, truthful evaluation of this quarterback and to what he could possibly be. And right now, they have zero wide receivers to work with. Zero. They might have the worst, least productive, but yet most expensive wide receiver room in the entire National Football League. And it was made even worse last night by Sterling Shepard going down with that injury, which, look, 
Prayers up to him. And that just sucks in the worst way possible. Seriously. For any athlete. Not just because Sterling Shepard was coming back from an injury last year and he was working hard to get back out on the field and everything, and now he's hit with something else. But he wasn't even involved in that play last night. He's literally out there jogging around like I go jogging outside. Nothing to do with the play, and non-contact, boom, rips up the knee. That should not be happening. And it makes it even worse. I mean, like, injuries stink regardless, but if it happens, like, in the middle of a game... And during a play, you understand and you shake it off as well. You know, it's football. It's a contact sport. It's a collision sport. What do you expect? Kadarius Toney never plays. All right, so that's another great Gettleman pick. He never plays, and that's a first-rounder. Never plays. Wandale Robinson, you can't blame Gettleman for him, but he's another one. Can we see him on the – when is he going to play? Where are these guys? I mean, Daniel Jones is looking at these wide receivers like, huh? I mean, David Sills is a nice story, but you know what? David Sills should not be a guy that is out there on a consistent basis and you're throwing to. How did we get to this point? With all the money that they have and all the resources they have invested into this position, you're, you're, you're throwing at guys like David Sills, right? And company. How is this possible? Giants got to start faster, too. I mean, if they are going to turn this thing around, I know we're sitting here bemoaning everything that has gone wrong with this offense, but three games so far this year, they haven't scored a touchdown yet in the first half. They've got nine points in six quarters of first-half football this year. Three field goals. That's all they have to show for it. And I don't think I'm breaking any sort of news here. The Giants is presently constituted. They're not equipped to play catch-up. They shouldn't be playing from behind because they do not have the weaponry and the firepower to score quick points and to make up a deficit. They have to play almost flawless football, and the defense is going to have to keep them in games because the offense just isn't cut out to lead this squad right now, and especially if the offensive line is going to play like it did last night. 800-919-3776. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. And you know what? I will say something positive about the offense, though. Seriously. Saquon's been very, very good. He really has been. Very, very pleasant surprise. You know, I thought he was going to have a good year, and he's not, he's not at his rookie season level. You know, he's not at the 2018 Saquon Barkley, but he doesn't necessarily have to be either, Right? Because I think he's looked pretty well given the opportunities. And right now what's going to happen is it's probably going to be even tougher sledding for him moving forward because if you're an opponent of the Giants, when you game plan for him, as we said, who's the guy that you're looking to shut down? You're game planning to shut down Saquon Barkley. He's the only guy that scares you on that offense. And that run that he had last night for the touchdown, magnificent. You know? I'll tell you what they should look to incorporate a little bit more here. If you are having a line, which is having problems protecting the quarterback, you know what? Best way to neutralize a pass rush, you know how you do that? You screen him to death. That's what the Giants should be doing more so in this offense. Your line is not blocking the way it should. You don't have weapons on the outside with the receivers, but you got a guy who's dynamic in Saquon Barkley, and you need to do whatever it takes to get the football in his hands so he can make plays. I know it's not flashy. It's essentially Dinkin and Duncan, 
But that's who the Giants are right now, and it's likely who they're going to be for the rest of this season. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Let's go to the phones. A lot of people want to chime in here on the football giants, and of course they would. Phil is in Marstown. He is going to be our leadoff hitter tonight on 98.7 ESPN. Phil, welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, Dan. Thanks for taking my call. Um, so after three weeks, it's apparent that the Giants needed to do even more, I think, in the draft uh, for the O-line. And I was pounding the table at the time saying, like, we need Tyler Lindblom. He's an absolute stud, and he's the kind of guy that will be your starting center for the next you know, 10 years. Um, and he's playing well, apparently, with the Ravens. And once he fell into the late 20s, like, I don't think it would have taken that much to trade back up to get him. So I know hindsight's twenty twenty, but he's someone I wanted even before he fell that low. Um, I was saying, like, just double up in the top 10 with two offensive linemen. And I think now it's apparent that we had to do even more in the draft. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I, well, I mean, look, you, you can never have enough good players and enough good offensive linemen. I think anybody could tell you that here. But, you know, Tyler Linderbaum was a good player, um, certainly at Iowa in college. Um, You thought that he had all the nasty attributes you wanted out of a center on the next level. But when did he end up getting picked by the Ravens? Wasn't it like in the 20s or something like that, if I'm not mistaken? 25. 25. 25. So, again, the problem is, is that what I think, what you think, what even some teams in the NFL think about a prospect, that's one thing. But the Giants have their own scouting system. They're going to rely on their own grades their own scouts, their own evaluations of players here. Maybe they didn't have him rated as high. We, we don't know that, right? I mean, maybe there was something that they didn't like of him. Maybe they didn't think he was big enough. They didn't think maybe he was a good fit to run this Brian Dayball offense because I, I could tell you teams grade players based on how they think they will fit their scheme, and sometimes that could be the difference between drafting somebody and not drafting somebody. Fair, yeah, and I, and I also um... – was having this argument over Daniel Jones that there is only there. Everyone's like, well, he's not elevating the level of his team, even though the offensive line stinks, weapon stinks. But over the last 15 years, like who can make something out of nothing? Maybe Aaron Rodgers, Brady in his prime, like maybe Mahomes, but Hill and uh, Kelsey have been elite skill players with a good offensive line and a good run game. So I think Daniel Jones is uh, being graded like way too harshly for his play. Phil, I agree with you, and I thank you for the phone call. I, I mean, I, I understand that that's almost like the cop-out, right? That they always, oh, well, does he make the players around him better? We hear that for so long. The guys that do that are like the elite of the elite. 
And I don't think I'm breaking any news saying that Daniel Jones is not one of those guys. He's not elite. And we don't even know if he's good. We really don't because the way you saw everything kind of fall apart last night, I don't care if you're Rodgers, Brady, Mahomes, Montana. I don't care who you are. Who was going to be successful last night behind that offensive line and throw into those type of wide receivers? I mean, seriously, seriously. Okay? You mean to tell me that Kenny Galladay, a guy who had a nice career with the Lions, certainly was good enough to and he fooled Dave Gettleman into giving him $72 million, that, that, that Daniel Jones is the reason that Kenny Galladay is all of a sudden invisible as a wide receiver? You know, we're going to blame Daniel Jones that he is not elevating the play of David Sills? Most people, if David, you could be the biggest Giant fan known to man. If David Sills fell on you, you wouldn't even know who he was. But yet, we're going to believe that Daniel Jones is supposed to pick his game up and make him do things on the football field that he has never done before? You know, Richie James, the same thing. And no knock on those guys, right? They're NFL wide receivers. They made it. They worked hard. Tremendous. Good for them. Living the dream. But I don't think that championship clubs are going out there and beating the door down to get those guys on their team. And it's not fair on the quarter. You can't blame the quarterback for this. The seeds and the roots of the 2022 Giants were planted for the last several years. Robin Mawa, he's up next, 98.7 ESPN. Robert, how are you? I'm good. How you doing? What's up, Rob? So, look, I, I kind of agree with you on a couple of things that you're saying, but at the same time, I don't care who you put out there. You're going to have Jerry White to the crime on, the, on, the, uh, on this team right now. If he can't throw the ball because he's laying on his back, Daniel Jones doesn't make a difference who's there. I sit up in the 300 sections, mm-hmm. and Sills was open a couple of times, and even on the play on the face mask, he, was, he would have been 10 yards behind that guy, but Daniel Jones was laying on his back. There's only so much you can do, and I don't care who's there, until they do something with the interior of that line, and hopefully Gates will come back maybe this year, and you know Lemieux may be able to fill in in those two spots to help solidify something. But until that happens... Honestly, I don't see how you could be blaming Daniel Jones or anything else. I mean, they, they're just not able to get the ball deep. They have one pass over 25 yards this year. And, uh, and even the play last night to, to Galladay, you got a guy who's a dog who's not, making, not doing anything to get on the field and, you know, to play. And you got a guy like Tony who's another first-round draft pick who can't stay healthy. So I don't get it. Like, I don't understand. To, to me, this team needs to – Focus on the two interior lines. That's where they got beat last night. They got beat both sides of the ball on offense and defense and work there. And then it doesn't make a difference who the wide receivers are to make. If you keep give them enough time, eventually the guys get open in the NFL. And they're not getting open now because they don't have any time. He's, no time. He has two seconds. He's on his, he's on his back. There is so. no time whatsoever. And, and, you know, Rob, here's what you give him credit. And I thank you for the phone call. You know, Andrew Thomas looks like a good player. Okay, Andrew Thomas, remember, when he got off to a little bit of a rough start when he was a rookie there in 2020, but he is rounded into form, and now Andrew Thomas is a guy who's a pillar. I would call him a pillar on this offensive line. Okay, so Gettleman actually got that one right. And remember, odds were against Gettleman getting it right because if you remember that 2020 draft, there were like the four big tackles that were head and shoulders above the rest. Remember, it was Andrew Thomas, it was Mekhi Becton, uh, Tristan Wirth, and, uh, and Wills from... That went to the Cleveland Browns. And so Gettleman had, like, the pick of the litter. He had his top pick of all four guys, and he went with Andrew Thomas. And so almost, like, cynically, you said, oh, well, Thomas ain't going to be any good because Gettleman picked him. 
It's got to be wrong if he was the one who waved his magic wand over him. And he's worked out. But everybody else, I mean, look, Evan Neal, these things are going to happen. Last night, he got exposed. It was a rough night, and maybe he learns from it. There's a lot of guys who went on to have really, really good careers who are going to have a bad game, especially as a rookie in the NFL. If Peyton Manning, if Peyton Manning can set the rookie record for interceptions in a season and still go on to be one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, you mean to tell me that Evan Neal can't have a rough night against the Dallas Cowboys the third game of his rookie season and still not go have a good career with this football team and in the NFL? Have faith in the tackles. Everybody else on the interior, as far as I'm concerned, they're replaceable. You know, the guards, it's been like musical chairs, especially at the left guard position. They settled on Bredesen last night. Okay, great. You know, Glowinski's a guy they signed. I, I, I don't know if he's a guy who's going to be here for the next 10 years. And Feliciano is, you know, he's, he's, he's just all right. This roster has yet to take shape as to how they see fit. It really and truly has. And you knew that going in. But I will say, you know, Rob brought up something interesting in regards to Jones. What's happening right now and the way this season is unfolding for the Giants, dare I say, is Daniel Jones almost going to be turning into a sympathetic figure in the eyes of the fans and maybe even the media alike? Given how there's like nothing around him and nothing to work with, and yet he's going out there and running for his life and trying to make plays and do the best he can, that you kind of look at him and kind of say, well, what is he supposed to do? And throw his arms and throw your arms up in the air. Trying to make chicken blank out of chicken, you know, or chicken salad out of chicken blank. That could be the situation that we're dealing with right now. It's not pretty. And besides the fact that you got a winnable game next week, right? Besides the fact the Bears are coming in and you could win that game, but you got to play better. You're not going to beat anybody if you play like you did last night. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Dan Gross' show here on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, stream live sports and original content with ESPN Plus today. You get access to the award-winning 30 for 30 library, unrivaled UFC access, including exclusive pay-per-views, live coverage of 35 PGA Tour events each year. So get the ESPN Plus and Disney Plus bundle today and watch ESPN Originals, the 30 for 30s, the entire Disney and Marvel library, and more. Stream anytime, anywhere. Go to ESPNNewYorkBundle.com to learn more. Daniel Jones so far... This season has not even reached 200 yards passing in any of the three games. Not that I'm a stickler for yardage and you have to hit a certain number, you know, so on and so forth. But it just kind of exemplifies, again, why this team is having so many problems manufacturing offense, getting off to quick starts. You know, like I said, you got to be able to strike. You got to be able to do something in the first half. This team, much like we discussed about the Jets yesterday, and falling into these holes and then having somebody like Joe Flacco throw the ball 50-plus times a game because you're playing from behind and you're having to erase these deficits. The Giants aren't equipped to play football that way, less equipped even as the Jets are. Got to find a way to score some points early in the game and then kind of, you know, put the pressure to the other side of the field and put it on your defense and let them protect some leads instead of just having the defense try to keep you in games because the offense is out there tough sledding. Ryan in Middlesex is up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Ryan, how are you? 
Oh, I, I desperately want to use this time to defend Daniel Jones, but I'm exhausted. I've been doing it all day with my buddy, so I'm going to I'm going to move on from that. Um, what I want Hey, you know, Brian, like I said, usually, I feel bad for him. I you know what? I've I never do. been a huge Daniel really Jones do. supporter, but I kind of like I said, he's almost become a sympathetic figure now. I agree. Whether it's the look on his face or I don't know what it is, but the poor guy, you could roll out all the stats. I won't do it. You've probably been down that road. So I'm going to try to, I'm going to, try to spin and be a little bit positive here. So my question is, usually after a Dallas loss, um, which there's been many of here in the past couple of years, um, I'm beside myself. I'm, this roster is not very good, and this staff has been able to really have them overachieve, in my opinion. To be 2-1, and one, we were competitive in that game. Say what you want. We had the ball with down seven with a chance to drive down the field. Am I too early on thinking this is the right coach, this is the right play caller on the offensive side of the ball, Wink's the guy for defense, we got a great GM. If that's, in fact, the case, I'm excited as hell about the next year, two, three years, which I honestly haven't been going back to McAdoo, going back to what Shermer. I haven't had this type of feeling in terms of long-term projection. Am I too soon? Do we have to wait to see how it plays out, or are you all in on these coaches? I'm going to hang up and listen. Ryan, thanks for the call. Look, I, I mean, big picture, yeah, it's too soon because we don't know. I mean, we've seen some coaches who have great first seasons. I, I'll give you an example. Josh McDaniels, who everybody wants to anoint as a genius because he had Tom Brady as his quarterback when he was calling plays all those years up in New England, and he worked under Bill Belichick, and they did all that winning. Josh McDaniels thought to be, uh, you know, boy wonder, boy genius. Remember when Josh McDaniels got a head coaching job with the Broncos? And he won his first six games, I believe, in 2009. Started 6-0. and And then everything hit the fan. And then they started losing. And they couldn't stop it. And then he got fired in his second season. Now he gets another head coaching job with the Raiders. And, again, it's the same old thing. You know, a decade later, everybody thinks, oh, he's a genius. You know, he's all that winning, Patriots, Belichick. See the start the Raiders are off to? Right? So you just, you just don't know. And I can't stress enough about the Giants. Mark my words. The 2023 season, this roster, out of the 53 guys on the roster right now, I would say probably at least half are going to be new. At least half. Because they cannot wait. I mean, Joe Shane is sitting there and his mouth is salivating. Like when you put a piece of meat in front of an angry dog, it's salivating to try to reshape this roster and bring in the players that he sees fit. And he couldn't do that because they were in such salary cap hell and had so many restraints because of what Dave Gettleman left them. And all that stuff is going to happen here in the offseason once they could get out of those cap constraints. So that's why, like, when you're saying, oh, do, do we know that Dayball's the guy? Do we know that Shane's the guy? Well, we got to let them bring in their own guys first. Right? I mean, like, you see what's happening with the Jets. The Jets are ahead of the Giants in terms of the rebuilding process. Joe Douglas has had now three years, essentially, to bring in new players and to shape this roster as he sees fit. You look at the roster when, when, when Douglas took the job in 19 to where it is right now, it's completely different. There's only, like, a handful of guys that are still on this team. So, Giants are going to undergo those changes, too. And you better hope that the changes that they make, point them in the right direction. But this team needs talent more than anything else. That's what they need. Anyway, here's a few thoughts from the head coach. Um, This was him speaking to the media today more than anything else. 
He uh, was asked, what do you take from that loss last night? I think you just take it for what it's worth. We didn't do a good enough job, all of us. Recognize that. You own it. You take responsibility for it, and you move on. You can't let these things linger just like you can't let a win linger. You have to move on and, and get ready on the next opponent. I just To ride the roller coaster, there's going to be a lot of ups and downs throughout the league to, or throughout the year for any team, and I'm just speaking for our team. Uh, be consistent, own it, take responsibility for it, move on, and get ready for the next week. That's all you can do. Sterling Shepard suffered that injury, of course. It's horrible not going to play the rest of the season, and non-contact wasn't even anywhere near the play, and he suffers that knee injury. Coach was asked today if he feels the turf at MetLife Stadium had anything to do with it. No, I know that there's been a lot of studies, not just here, but probably in, in every stadium. I think, again, look, you look at Shep's injury, he was jogging. So, you know, I'm sure that, you know, throughout the season and, and the off season that we'll sit down and discuss, you know, those type of things. Yeah. Not going to make any changes during this season. Guarantee that. So both teams are going to have to deal with it. Visiting teams are going to have to deal with it. I, I know. Look, this has been going on for the last couple of years. I, I am not privy to those conversations. I have no idea what is being discussed, what is being talked about. You hope for the best, really and truly. Um, and lastly, Coach Dayball was asked, what was his message to the team following that loss to the Cowboys? Be consistent. Uh, it's never as good as you think, never as bad as you think. There's certain things from, you know, week to week that we need to improve on. Uh, win with class and lose with class. When you lose, you even lose with more class. Own it, accept responsibility, fix the things we need to fix, and move on. And, and you know, you're, you're going to have these. This is fortunately a short week. You know, the, the coaches are upstairs. They're not going to get much sleep this week. But, you know, you move on pretty quickly in this league. That was his message to the team getting ready, turning the page for the Bears game coming up here in week number four. And it's a winnable game. And, and see, that's the thing about the Giants is that, you know, when you look at the club, I know it's just one loss. But there's going to come a time here where the Giants probably are going to lose some games that maybe as a fan you think they could win. And I'm not saying it's going to happen this week to Chicago, but that would be an example. It's a winnable game, but you may not go out there and get the job done. When is it going to get to the point where we're going to be sitting here and talking to fans and they're not even going to get any sort of satisfaction from victories any longer, right? They're going to want, what about draft choices? What about draft positioning? Giant fans are going to be sitting there soon worrying about, okay, let's, let's tank for so-and-so. We should have a top 10 pick because we're not winning this year anyways. We don't even know if Daniel Jones is going to be our quarterback. We might as well get the best draft position possible because we need this player or we need that player. But it's going to be tricky because, it's, you know, the long-term outlook this season is not great for them. But you look at that schedule, and it's just hard to sit here and, and not think, hey, there's winnable games there, right? I mean, Bears... At the sea, I can't even say at the Jaguars anymore because the Jaguars actually look like a totally different team now under Doug Peterson. But the Bears this week, at the Seahawks, Texans at home, Lions at home, Commanders at home later in the season, at the Commanders, Colts at home. Because we don't know what the Colts are yet, but how many did I just rattle off there? Not that the Giants are going to win all those games, but there's going to be opportunities to get some Ws. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN.